Kerry, home to some of the most creative, intelligent, culturally diverse and articulate people this country has to offer. Unfortunately, they were all busy. So, we got stuck with this lot. Recorded live in Murphy's Pub on Brandon Pier. This is the Murphy's Podcast. Good evening, good evening, good evening. Hey, episode 21 of the podcast this week. Cheers, clink. clink. You've no glass in your hand, but I'll I'll clink the table. Hold on a second. We're a man down, and uh, yeah, I'm um, (laughs) I'm going to take a break this week because I had a bit of a heavy weekend. Listen, you have to do it every now and then. You know, you just have to. It's a uh, clear out the system. I, I haven't done it myself, but I've been. Sure. <laughs> I've been, I've been t- speaking of which, I, I was in the doctors again, so I got more blood tests and stuff to see about this crazy iron level thing. So I'm still off the Guinness, uh, but I'm drinking Rockshire Lager tonight, which okay. is rather tasty. Uh, yes, I'll get results back next week to see if it's hemochromatosis or not. Or right, and then that'll decide what happens going forward suppose i've met loads of people now that have it and they everyone keeps saying that's not a big deal it's just you might have to go give blood like once a month to okay get, to, to actually just take blood out of your system right just every, every month yeah supposedly yeah that's a big enough deal bad, tony that'd be grand just pop into it just uh-huh. i'll have, have a little tap install just go turn it on <laughs> and off <laughs> nobody even notice it bloody hell that's uh yeah blood, like where, where would you do that actually I'd imagine so. I don't know if the doctor could do it every week. I'm not sure. We'll okay. Figure it out. Right. Good stuff. Well, at least at least you have an answer. Does that mean if you take a pint of blood out, you put five pints of Guinness in? <laughs> exactly. Is it? It's all valid. Is it's that how it works? Yeah, yeah. But, but my blood is actually black at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very special guest t- joining us today. And I, I, I must give a special mention. It's actually Fred who organised this, I think. And uh, and we had a very uh, funny conversation with Fred last week because Fred keeps missing out and not coming in, and yeah, just generally not being around for because uh, he's, he's, he's the busiest he man in the world, and, and his wife is seven and a half months pregnant, yeah. and he has a toddler, and he like just has the busiest work schedule I've ever known of anyone. He's all over the world, like he's, he's traveling country to country now at this point, yeah. and yeah, so we got a call late this evening saying that he couldn't make it. But Nula has made it. Over there. You're very welcome, Nula. Thank you very much. So you, um, you because I don't know a huge amount about you because you're, <gasps> you're, you're Fred's friend. <laughs> but what I do know is you're, you're an extreme swimmer. Is that correct? Is that the, is that the right Well, extremely fabulous swimmer. Okay, even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Magnificent. So, I mean, just extremely fabulous. Just, yeah. And well, swim. never mind the swim. Yeah, wherever swim you want to put the comma or punctuation mark, I'm <laughs> yeah. good with anything. Yeah, yeah magnificent. Phenomenal, actually, is oh, my good word. Right, word-like. right. And modest. Um, I would just say honest. <laughs> honest. Yeah. Brilliant, it's great. Yeah, I came out of the womb fabulous. Brilliant, that's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I don't thrive Swam well out. in mediocre. Swam out. <laughs> just, no, just floated in on a shell. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. Swam yeah. out, yeah. did not. So what is, it is, what is extreme swimming? What is it? Um, do you know what? Like, growing up, I grew up in Dingletown. Yeah. I was born in Donegal, but I grew up in Dingletown. And okay. Um, as a child, I we grew up in and around the water, just like here. Sure, yeah. So every Sunday, my father would take us out on the boat, and yeah. he would throw us off. And now people have told me to rethink that. Um, <laughs> and we would swim into shore. So yeah. as a very young child, we were always exposed to this type of, you know, jumping in and, and, and swimming. And just get in and swim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now, we always swam home, and he always brought us back out and threw us in again. So, look, <laughs> right. you know, there are things, I suppose, in time I have to reconcile yeah. with. Um, but anyway, so I think... As time goes on, I always viewed it as open water swimming. Yeah. And now you can have wild swimming. You can be a cold swimmer, a warm swimmer, an ice swimmer, mm. an open water swimmer, confined water swimmer. You can be anything you want. So do you do everything? Um, you know, as time 
morphed. I started off doing kind of crossing of Ventry Bay and stuff like that, and I did triathlons. Mm -hmm. And then as time pottered on, I suppose one of the things that excited me was doing more adventurous stuff. Yeah. When I was quite young, we were very lucky that we had fungi who came in. Of course, yeah. yeah. So I remember being quite young and this dolphin arrived. So mm. we were always gravitating to the, the bigger water. Yeah. And we were blessed, really, that swimming from, say, Slaudine around by the lighthouse to the next beach, even okay, when I was yeah. like 10 or 11, you yeah, know. Okay. So there were huge swims. Yeah. Um, and then... Back in 2006, I was part of a team. We swam around Ireland 56 days. We started in Donegal and we circumnavigated the country by swimming. So basically, there was a team of five main swimmers, six swimmers in total, but five main swimmers. And we took a, a, a slot per day. Yeah. Um, so some miles, like we started in Donegal and headed over as far as Carlingford over the first week, Carlingford Lock, and then yeah. from Carlingford Lock down to Carnesall Point the, the second week. Um, and then when we hit the south coast, yeah. um, we would take a block of about 25 miles per day between us. Wow. Um, but some like on the east coast now, because the water runs north south up and down the east coast, like miles are very fast there. Okay. Like you can actually move really quickly because the water runs quickly. As opposed to this side. Yeah. yeah. Well, when you turn south and, and then you're heading west, you're you're going west and the tides are going north south. So you're cutting across it. Oh, right. Okay. So the mile yeah. can go back to being 50 minutes for the mile. So right. like oh, even sometimes you're very, very, very tired and the mile feels longer, which okay. it was. So yeah. like you're playing mental mind games. then. so it took us a month. It took us two weeks to swim from Carnesar Point to Dingle. Okay. And then it took us a month to swim up the West Coast, then to Donegal again. Wow. So it was fairly tough going. And what's the kind of longest stint each swimmer would do at a time? Or? You see, this is it. This comes back to, like, distance. Um, you know, a day on the East Coast was like three hours on the west coast you know right. what i mean it's about effort yeah, yeah so it's not really a longest stint you can swim for an hour and go nowhere okay like swimming is probably one of those sports that you can be pushed backwards yes by nature of the conditions okay, okay. so yeah so i mean i think the mental side of it the physical side of it the emotional side of it what you're sacrificing what you're giving up yeah you're turning the key in the door and going back and saying like what have i got at the end of this i'm going to sit in a nursing home and say did i tell you now <laughs> yeah. of course you so, did yeah. of course you did yeah this is it you know so it is a, it, yeah but however digging deep you become addicted to div digging deep you know once yeah, you've been there yeah you get a great how do you out of it. train for something like that how, how, what's the routine um i suppose there isn't a routine how do you train for anything yeah, like that's, um, so, that's colossal that's like, it was yeah but you don't you train just to be strong and you train yeah. to push hard and you train to move harder but you don't know what it takes to swim around ireland so at the time probably very few swimmers in the world would have done the back-to-back -back immersions yeah okay you know pushing hard into yourself and, and forcing yourself to get more yeah so yeah um but when you're in too deep you can't quit and then you're in that mind game then and I suppose obviously like versus any other sport like you say you, you can never plan for the weather or conditions that's obviously going to play such a massive factor in it isn't mm. it even if you're covering X amount of ground per day and you're Dingle Bay is not going to compare to swimming around the coast of Ireland. No, no, um, but you know, you push as hard as you can, then you become de desensitized to it. It's right. like you know, you see people out in all conditions because mm. it becomes the focus. The focus, the objective is more uh, the conditions. I mean, but if you go back to like the other stuff, I mean, I was part of a team we swam from Russia to America across the Bering Strait. Wow! What? Yeah, with the Russian military. Yeah. Holy so, reason. How, how long did that take? That took six days, but it okay. was the conditions because yeah, of freezing, the Bering Strait. Freezing. Yeah, freezing. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And are you just are you wearing regular swimsuits? Yeah, suits? just my swimming togs. Yeah, just not togs. Even, really? 
Well, in 2013, I was the first woman in Ireland to swim a thousand meters at zero inside the Arctic Circle. I did know that. Woohoo! I did know that. Kudos. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Because I saw. I, isn't See, I did tell you I was phenomenal. Didn't <laughs> <I>? <laughs> there, uh, there's video footage mm. of that, isn't there? Uh, I th- I s- I'm pretty sure I saw No, that was probably th- the eye smile. Yeah. Oh, was that the, the eye smile? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a different mm, thing. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. But, um, and again, that's in a just a swimsuit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it was 23 minutes at zero, but at the time, very few people had actually, I think I was the third woman in the world, but I was the first Irish, yeah. Wow, incredible. Mm. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah, okay. and how, yeah. Yeah, how do you practice for, for those extreme temperatures? Well, do you know what it was? Like, we... I'd been swimming these long marathons and it never nothing excited me anymore because I knew that I could fool myself. I knew mm. and I think you get to the point and you can see it in a lot of other things where you probably don't even prepare for these interviews. I mean it's obviously yeah. visible Ob- you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But, we like to be spontaneous. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah but this is it. You know, and so. I think your body gets to the point where it didn't excite me so I knew I could rock up and achieve anything. Because yeah. you can dig and, and the difference really is that I think in my position is that like the deeper you go, it's only just a cost that you'll be tired mm. tomorrow or you'll be exhausted for a week. Yeah. But I got to the point where I couldn't be bothered training because I knew I could always do something. Okay. But then you never, you, I suppose I didn't please myself then because I was fooling myself. Yeah. Right. And then I got disappointed. So I suppose a Martin sport, one of the biggest issues I suppose I would have in Ireland is that recognition is weak. We're very slow to tell people how fabulous they are, yeah, you know, yeah, and we're very yeah. slow to appraise people. So the ice was interesting because we found this group of swimmers and they were swimming in low temperatures of five degrees and under. And it always excites me. If somebody tells me I can't, I think, well, mm. maybe I'll try and figure out why. Yeah. So, yeah, it, like going in initially to zero, one, two or three degrees, is <laughs> you, yeah. you do get that initial cold shock. Um, and I panicked for the first while. But then I had seen one person do it now. They were nearly dead at the end of it, but I still felt I could do it. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of likened it to watching somebody kind of like coming out of the pub late at night and they're taking three sheets to the wind and banging off doors. Yeah. But there's a level of control in there at the same time. Right. And then you navigate your way home and suddenly you're saying to yourself, Jesus, I got into bed and I didn't kill the goldfish. <laughs> you know, so yeah. that's what the ice yeah. is like is being acutely hypothermic, but okay. trying to navigate your way into a survival. And, would, and I found that fascinating. Would you have been using like breathing techniques like we hear a lot about that now was that part of your no. process no no um i suppose there's a big difference between the breathing techniques that people do now um like with the william hoff and stuff yeah well you see if you can imagine it like a lot of that is to do with static yeah okay so if you when you're moving it doesn't apply i suppose well it doesn't it? really because you would probably pass out okay like if you hold your breath yeah because you need the oxygen you to, do yeah yeah, yeah yeah you can't hold your breath and yeah. put yourself into gotcha. uh, a hypoxic state yeah. and then start kicking your legs because you will collapse yeah. yeah so with me it's about staying calm and that's what i fell in love with um there's an enormous level of control mm. required in the ice because if you let anything in i was gonna ask like, what do you think of, like do you does your mind wander when you're swimming or is no, it all about you're in the moment yeah, yeah that's what I loved yeah, yeah I kind of liken that because I'm into my motorbikes and stuff and it's the yeah. same thing when I'm on a bike it's I'm in that, have yeah. to stay in that yeah. point because yeah. yeah. anything yeah. comes from the sides anything blindsides you yeah. if you're not 100% in that moment and that's where the extreme is that's, yeah. that's yeah. the beauty of the extreme because it keeps you honest yeah. yeah, for that moment in time yeah Just be, you're very present at that moment yeah. but you have to be yeah that's yeah. great Yeah, I must give it see, I'm, I'm, I swim a little bit I'm not, I'm not mm. a great swimmer and I really want to get into the kind of the water 
while swimming and just kind of getting out and because I don't like sw- I don't like swimming pools and yeah. that kind of I don't like the open water the, yeah the open waters to see things and feel mm-hmm. the, the ocean and kind of yeah. things that are moving and different yeah um, yeah but I don't know where to start that's my thing like where what, what would you recommend like do you reckon you just go out and get in and start swimming and yeah but sure I mean what's safe but you mean. see the point is like I mean everything is safe it's what you do that is unsafe yeah like that's the thing like if you go outside in any of our waters here yeah like you, you know i always say to people you stay within the limits of your capacity of sure you know and i think a lot of times people i often think people are afraid of the water when they say they're afraid of the mm-hmm. water they're not actually afraid of the water they're afraid of being able to self-rescue in the event of an incident because yeah. that's really what yeah. people are afraid of yeah they're yeah. not afraid of what they're doing they're afraid if anything happens they can't get themselves out of it and that's yeah. what fear yeah. is so I would always say you get into the environment that you're comfortable and 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 work with that. Do you yeah. know Donny? Uh, yeah, Donny Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Donny was like, he swims every day. So yeah, and he was only saying yeah. to me yesterday when he's swimming along lately, he's, he keeps swimming through like cold patches. He was swimming along and it'd be nice and warm and pleasant mm. and all of a sudden you go in it's freezing cold. And again, he's there with no wetsuit or he's mm. no wetsuit or he's just in his togs. Like, mm. uh, is that dangerous? Like when with the changing of the the, no. the, the sudden changes into. That's no, but it's not sudden changes. It's really just a cold patch. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah what that's causes really the heck? That's not. But sure, it's just currents like and currents and cold patches. Yeah. In, in, in but the sure, water, it just could it? be an area that the sun hasn't hit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it could be anything at all. It's a moving you know? body of water, essentially, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. it's kind of always yeah, changing, yeah, I suppose. Yeah yeah. 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 But I think with a lot of it, too, um, you know, the increase in interest. People mm-hmm. do need to kind of, I suppose, in a way, just pay attention to the actual body of water they're in because yeah. you can go in and it can be in a confined space because anything around piers and stuff are a confined space. But if you had a wind that was blowing offshore, mm-hmm. yeah. you could exit in front of the pier here in Brandon. And before you know it, you're whipped around. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think the big thing that's, and it comes back to survival instinct, is yeah. situational awareness. Local you know, knowledge. Emotional intelligence. Local, yeah, but just being aware. You know, yeah. you don't have to be somewhere. You can just be here. You can swim here. Yeah. In yeah. pools, people are content to swim 25 meters. Yeah. So there's no reason you can't go over and back. You know, you don't have to go beyond limits. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Until you build up that confidence and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally, no, for yeah. sure. So and what's on next in your bucket list for, for swimming? What's, um, what's on the cards? I don't I don't really have a bucket list. Um, in 2018 was my last big one. I went south of Cape Horn into the Drake Passage. Okay. So I was the first swimmer yeah. in the world to swim in the Drake Passage. And the area that I went to, there was no land east or west as the world turns. So you went south. I'm going to be really ignorant here. Where's Drake Passage? It's between the Antarctic and Chile. Okay. Yeah, okay. the southern tip. So it was 100 miles south of the southern tip of Chile. And you've Cape Horn. Yeah, so it's Cabin de Hornus. Yeah. It's the graveyard of sailors where yes. people go south during the round world yacht race. So it's a, it's a treacherous stretch of yeah, water. Yeah, at the point where we go in, it's where we, I was the first swimmer in the world to go there. So it's just, you go south of Cape Horn. And at that point, as the world turns on its axis, the Antarctic, the um, Atlantic and the Pacific Oceans meet. Yeah. So it's the meeting of the oceans. Right, so yeah. all of the oceans meet. So they're just excited to be free. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was manic. Yeah. Right. That how, was crazy. How long was that swim? It was a mile, but it's the point that I made the choice to do that swim as opposed to a swim closer to the island. Yeah. And if I had gone close to the island, you have certainty. But once you expose yourself to that area, it's like being swept beyond a pier. Um, there was every possibility that I might not have made progress at all. Yeah. Um, so you look at like say the cost of that swim now is $18,000 so wow. yeah oh, yeah. Oh so you God. make a commitment yeah. yeah 
And how does that work? Then, if you don't want, like, is, you, you, just you make sp- sacrifice. Yeah, you, you just, sponsorship or no, no. no, no sponsorship. No, just, well, I wouldn't have been that person. Okay. So okay. basically, for me, life was always just about kind of saving up for the next gig and okay. yeah, yeah, feeding the beast, looking after yeah. the belly, and making sure that I wow. wanted. Yeah. I presume you have to bring a support crew and stuff. Yeah. Would you? On, on, yeah, that's, like what, that. that's what the money is. Yeah, yeah, that's where yeah. it is. Yeah, because I mean, with that situation there, you have a nurse, a defibrillator, and you have two dive medics. Okay. Um, because really, it's like if they lose sight of you for any period of time, you're gone. Wow. yeah wow. so like that was the risk the risk is letting go and I mean it's the same mm. as the open road you know you're yeah. there and you kind of think like just for this moment in time let me let go yeah, yeah. Um, and then you just want to let go and you think I have to be home for work on Monday this ridiculous <laughs> stuff I need to go home now yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah but then that's enough to feed you because you know like that's who you are for those moments in time speaking of feeding you yeah how do you get the energy like do you need to consume a huge because again it, it must burn off a lot of not at all it's not okay no. really no not at all you must be crazy fit um mentally strong yeah yeah mentally strong just yeah. okay, just again just for because anybody i know that's like athletic they have to consume huge amounts of food just to keep the muscles full of energy and stuff no no they don't um well they do yeah. i don't um <laughs> well you see the thing is like if you look at it people who sweat and people who do sports in warm environments they mm-hmm. sweat people who go into ice and cold environments we don't sweat so we don't burn we don't have the metabolic requirements all right okay what we would have is collapses in sugar yeah um because people who get very cold they shiver and shake and that then you have to feed the shiver yes um, and stuff like that so So no glucose and and all that kind of stuff like 23 minutes at zero is a long swim so 23 minutes isn't a long swim yeah how endeavor 23 minutes at zero will take everything from you yeah um so it'll drain you like training when i was training for cape horn i swim for like two hours in the winter in january february Mm. so like in those temperatures but like that you just have to feed the body and, mm. and then just look after because I've only ever gone swimming here <coughs> once uh, in January mm. and I went to Kappa Beach with my wife who's sitting behind you there laughing because she'd got me a new uh, face mask uh, mm. for part of my Christmas present I went in I've never been as cold in my life and I was wearing a wetsuit my yeah, yeah. hands went purple my feet went purple and when I went under the water it was like an instant ice cream headache yeah that's like pain like properly painful yeah do you, do you still get that or are you just you used do, to it? yeah because an ice cream headache is just i mean all that is just the nerves yeah i mean you can't and you know you can't ignore that like don't get me wrong swimming in the ice is not pain free yeah but there's a beauty in the pain isn't because i know when you go into like when you go in first opinion. you can dive in and you kind of get used to it after mm. a little, does that happen when it's like zero degrees like no. do you get you do it's always freezing no. you know you always but it's a cold. journey through the pain right and it's a level of control like and for me and it goes back to that level of like say if you had a glass of wine or whatever three glasses of wine you have to hold on tight to get home you know this type of stuff yeah it is there's a level of control and there's a beauty in the control um, and then you can let go Jeez, if you yeah. compare it to drinking then Tony you'd make a fantastic experience yeah yeah holding on tight yeah but what I love about all the ice is was the learning you know I mean you've mm. got the you know, cold shock cold water incapacitation swim failure yeah. post rescue collapse I've been airlifted as well no oh really way. yeah is it, Yeah. so what, what's what's the worst thing that's happened to you out in one of these trips um, well you know I mean there's things that can go wrong but like I mean I did have a, a rescue collapse so you know I exited the lake everything was fine I had swam 38 minutes at 3 degrees um, and then suddenly I just wasn't familiar with what was happening. Okay. So I went to yeah. stand up and things didn't work. So my team made the call because I mean, ultimately if I'd continued to walk, things could have gone wrong. Yeah. 
Um, Would it, was it like it starts a hypothermia or something? No, it? no, no. It's a post-rescue collapse, um, circum-rescue collapse. And, and if you are in a situation where you're very, mm. very, very cold, all the blood goes into your core. That's yeah. why your hands and feet okay. have no blood. Yeah. They go into the core. But if you stand up, that blood drops to your feet and yeah. your heart will have no blood. Okay. So you're probably risking death at that point. You've, Whoa. Yeah, hypovolemic shock or circum-rescue collapse. Yeah. Right. Yes. And the Grim Reaper. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, yeah, that sounds intense. All yeah, right. we won't be recommending it. Yeah. No, but that's why they exit people from the water in a seated position or in a lying position because if they take Keep them out of the water, standing. the hydrostatic pressure drops. Really? You know, just yeah, the blood drops. Yeah. Blood drops. Mm. That's yeah. amazing. Okay. And then the cold blood comes in, the warm blood drops, yeah. Yeah, God. Yeah. Have you ever experienced any. Uh, I, thought you were, I thought you were going to start singing there. Have <laughs> you ever <laughs> experienced. <laughs> have you heard about the big strong man? <laughs> Um, have you ever experienced any uh, wildlife out there unwanted wildlife well I suppose in the Bering Strait we had the toothed walruses oh yeah big tusks okay yeah they're about 2,000 kilos um, and I would have been a high risk candidate because they do enjoy a bit of blubber and <laughs> I remember thinking like we're up in the Bering Strait they don't have a lot of feeding no. options up there okay. and they were all over the, the two islands in the centre of the Bering are, are Ratman and Off and Little Ratman and Off or Dimidi and Little Dimidi and they were breeding just like in the the Blasket Islands so you had the the all the females um, calving and then you had all the line of the toothed walruses now they're 2,000 kilos yeah. and they're protecting their, their females yeah. Yeah. and you're swimming along and, and I just remember looking yeah. at them thinking well at least my swim isn't until 20 minutes so they'll yeah. probably chew the person in front of me hopefully yeah. um, and then we had the orcas you know so orcas oh, okay yeah so the orcas then you know they're just in that situation where um, you know they're there and like you're in the environments of the the bearing so you know i mean they probably haven't a lot of feeding options up there right and they probably i'd imagine you're probably the first human they've seen swimming there well there was a team of us okay so yeah, yeah, yeah. but i mean you still we still had to go a few miles south of the island we had to continue we had to push our swim south of the island primarily because just of keep, the risk factor yeah. Distance, yeah. Right, yeah right yeah but i mean look i'm diving for for quite a long time as well so back in a long time ago i did um a course where we signed up and we paid a substantial amount of money to be um, the guinea pigs for a shark behavior course. Oh, so nice. we got to lie down and we got to discover that we were the experiment while the marine scientists monitored the shark's behavior to our presence. What yeah. kind of sharks are you talking Great about? Great white. Um, Great white? Yeah, where, yeah. Where did you do that? The toothed walruses in South Africa, yeah, and the Aloe Shoals. Right. Have so you- we had the ragged tooth and they dived the Great Five, yeah. And so, I, okay, so I'm fascinated by this. We actually yeah. did an episode wow. where uh, I, I have a, an absolutely irrational fear. I've, I've been surfing since I was a teenager, so really? I, I'm, I used to be in the water and stuff, but yeah. absolute irrational fear of sharks. Yeah. So this this great... So we, out in open water with great whites. Yeah, we signed up. We, were, we kind of went through a phase through our diving where suddenly we became... I suppose really bored like you know I mean how many more times can we go around a wreck or yeah, like what's yeah, behind that yeah. hole or whatever you know see a moray woohoo another moray <laughs> so we signed up myself and my friend Max O'Sullivan from Tralee we signed up for um, this shark behaviour course and yeah. what it was is that there was a group of scientists Professor Vic Pedemore is, is one of them and he was doing a PhD with his students and there was three marine scientists and Professor Vic and then they two do the PhD they sold 12 slots that we were we were going to be the experiment but sure we thought it was so exciting so we arrived in South Africa and we were at Protea Banks on the east coast um, 
and we were in Quasi Natal area where the Natal Sharks board is. So we thought like we were just going to be sitting in a classroom and studying all <laughs> the sharks and everything. So we're out there the first or second day and we're in the Alloy Caves and we descend down and then he, he lies you down. He says like four people and then the rest are there. And then you lie down and then you're just lying there. And then the sharks are out and it's like, okay, we're lying here. And then they were monitoring the shark's behavior to our presence. That was the course. But you see, we never read the small print. <laughs> so we're lying down and all these sharks are around us. And they're above us with like clipboards. And we're like, what do we do? We just lie here. And I'll never forget it. Um, they were putting in two at a time and four at a time. So what they were trying to do was to monitor the shark's behavior to numbers. Yeah. Okay. So at say 10 divers yeah. the sharks were starting to be you know display some behavior that might be perceived to be erratic okay um As so you've bubbles and noise mm. and that would upset the sharks so they were trying to determine okay maybe six or eight or ten is the most in a in a group mm. that you should sell to go for diving with sharks and stuff right okay they were you. Moder- yeah so you were lying at the bottom of on the, on the seabed essentially with, yes. s- with scuba gear on Yes. And how did you, did you dive straight down? No, we just sank down, yeah, yeah, we just stand up. So the through, through the open water with the... With, with, well, that's the, yeah. Yeah, with, with the sharks, they didn't lower yeah. you down the cage and then let you out. And oh, there's no cages, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, and, that. And then there was this huge female and it was <laughs> yeah, so no, funny, thanks. she came along, we were just lying there and you're breathing and I'll tell you, if you talk about Wim Hof and controlling your breathing, oh, nothing focuses you more than a shark staring at you. And then this female shark just came along and I was lying, we were all lying like this way and then she came along the front and she just positioned herself and the eye was going forward and back and I'm staring at her, oh, she's staring at me no. and I'm thinking like, does she want me to move? Will I just shimmy to the left? Does she want to go here? And I remember just lying down on the sand thinking, just breathe. And next thing she spun her mouth and with her tooth she just grabbed a small fish and we're like, mother of God. So anyway, when we were exiting, like you have to go up slowly and we were, um, say, three, four meter stop. You never in your life saw people try and get their feet up into a fetal position. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah, yeah. tiny, yeah. tiny yeah. ball. Yeah. And I remember getting into the classroom. I, I turned to Professor Vicky and I said to him, did you not see her behavior? Like I thought she was an incredibly aggressive shark. And he said, based on what? And I said, did you not see the way? Did you see the way she was looking at me? And yeah. he said, but that's how she looks. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. said, but you see the way she was staring and all this. But he said, that's just her. inquisitive. Yeah. So he said there was nothing in her behaviour that was aggressive that I was afraid. Right. So that was it. But yeah, we spent we spent six weeks studying the uh, shark behaviour, advanced shark behaviour, and uh, the great white. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just fascinated by that story. Uh, were, there, were what was going to happen if a shark was going to do something? Were there people there would 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 anything to protect you? The clipboards and the heads. They write a strongly worded letter. No, no, this would be the last. They would document the last sighting. Um, yeah, you, do you know what it was? They were monitoring the shark's behaviour. So in other words, they'd be able to identify if the shark became aggressive. Okay. Mm. Like there were times we witnessed the shark becoming aggressive. But, you know, I mean, the, the, the movement goes quick. They arch their back. The, pen, the pecs go down. Yeah. The fin rises. Yeah. Like, there is behavior just like an animal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, you you know, the whole thing is to try and not put ourselves in that situation. But look at we're always going to... <laughs> have to pay a ball of money to go and do it. <laughs> you have no idea. I mean, the things we... Yeah, but we didn't read the small print. Mm, yeah. We thought yeah. we were, yeah. So it was great at the end, yeah. How, how long ago was that? was that? That was a long time ago. Okay. That was 20 years ago. And have you died, died with sharks since or done anything? 
anything well about that I've died in the sea and the sharks are present okay yeah okay. so I was in the Galapagos and I've done a lot of stuff oh, there yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, great whites fascinate me. They're, they're fascinating. Yeah, animals. they're a fascinating animal, yeah. yeah. They really are. And it's, it's fasc- what's fascinating about them is their eyes are pure black. That's right, mm. yeah. There's nothing in them. Like, when you look into their eyes, there's yeah. nothing there. But before the... Like, we were in Seal Island, and, um, like, we descended down, and the seals were everywhere. There's thousands of seals. And next thing, the seals disappeared. <laughs> oh. and we just sunk Uh-oh. to the bottom and we just held on to the yeah. rock and we're like we're looking all the way around like here we are a thoroughfare for the sharks yeah, yeah. and we just waited and we just waited and next thing a seal arrived and a seal arrived and a seal arrived so there you go we presumed it was safe to get up yeah I mean it is nerve wracking but sure they could be anywhere but I've been to nightclubs I'm kind of uh, okay sure with all that yeah, stuff yeah, I've been yeah. touched inappropriately a few times yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay with all that stuff is there anything you wouldn't do swimming wise is there any if you just went that's too much that's too far um but you see like based on what just like is there any like like if it was shark infested waters we'd just say listen I'm not going to like a particular ocean I've now known for like tiger sharks and but you see I would find no value in that yeah yeah like what's what's the excitement where's, where's the challenge for you yeah but you see yeah like anything you do needs to have a value yeah you know you need to be able to turn the key in the door when you go home and feel that that was worth it yeah. because everything has a sacrifice yeah like i would look at a 10k now you know and i would look at say 5ks and and i feel okay you can train for those challenges but where's the value if you have to give up work and if yeah. you have to pay for things like some people like are absolutely delighted to be out in groups and they love you know mm. they love the camaraderie and and for years we did like we used to do 5ks 10ks we drop off the islands there in the maharis and swim to the shore yeah and for about 10 15 years i organized all these events yeah but, you know, everything is risk and reward and it, and it all comes back to, right, okay, if you have to take two days off work or travel somewhere or go away for 10 days, yeah. you know, ultimately everything, you, when you turn the key in the door, it has to be worth it. Yeah. So you have to have found the that's, value. That's my dog, Fia. She comes along to the podcast and, and she has a little cry welcome. in the corner. She's okay. <laughs> Usually, she's only a little baby. She wants to be me. <laughs> exactly. She just wants all okay. the attention all the time. And that's okay too. <laughs> and where's your favourite spot to swim do you know what I absolutely love Dingle Bay right. I think it's beautiful I okay. really do and I love getting in a bean bone I love swimming around to the pier um, I love the Maharese Islands I yeah. think we're yeah. so blessed right. but there's nothing more beautiful than when you kind of can feel and taste that salt water Yeah, I think yeah, it's beautiful yeah. like you we're mu- very lucky you must have uh, fungi being gone must have had a yeah. big effect on you yeah I was very lucky now for my entire life like in through the darkest times we used to train with him yeah. you go out to Slaudine and you know he was always in the water and sometimes in the winter times I would have to train for an hour in the freezing cold temperatures mm. but you were never alone when he was there because yeah. he would surface and his eyes would look at you or you'd look at him you know I remember commenting at one point there towards his later years that you know he looked old he looked tired and then I remember he probably looking at me saying you look old you look tired (laughs) Um, but in the last few years you could tell there was a big change in him you really Really? could yeah you really could uh, kind of slow down a bit maybe not as interactive with people or Um, but he was there for 38 years there is loads of dolphins when you go out Mm. out of the bay Mm. but again it's just not the same no no and I think a lot of it is the predictability of what it was that he offered you know mm. he was he was part of the fabric back there for so long people yeah. just kind of took it for granted I suppose um, I don't think anyone ever no. took it for granted really because no. I just think everyone was so in love with him like even locally we were always you know we were so excited by him yeah. like any time like even for 30 years plus yeah, yeah. 
you know, you'd still have that same wonder and awe when you yeah. sat there. Yeah. And you could be sitting there at seven o'clock in the evening area and you'd be transfixed with his movements. Yeah. Do, so, you, yeah. do you have any theory as to why he came there and stayed there in, in the first place yourself? Who knows, mm. you know, I mean... Was he know. fed? Did people feed him when he came in or was it just... Um, well, I don't think they fed him yeah. at that time. Um, the boats always gutted their fish on the way in. Okay. Because when we were very young, yeah. when the trawlers were coming in, they were gutting the fish and then they would throw the heads over. Yeah. So um, that was done en route to the pier. Because I remember definitely as a young child, as the trawlers were coming in, there would be seagulls, seagulls everywhere. everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. in the last probably 10 years, all of the bigger boats, they did all of that processing outside. Yeah. Right. So far those 10 years, uh, probably 20 years. Yeah. Um, sure, it was like a drive through for him. He'd only hang tough and he was being fed. <laughs> Why would you leave? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they do. I, I mean, it's not uncommon now. There's dolphins. There's one up in Doolin, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's, there's two or three yeah. in Tralee Bay now and stuff like oh, that. Oh, is there? Yeah, there are. But I don't think they'll ever have his personality. Yeah. And I think a lot of it was, um, it was the frequency of the people who visited him as well. Yeah. Like there was a lot of people um, who became super friends with him yes yes and i mean i certainly even though i swam with him for over the 30 years i mean he recognized my presence but he didn't give me the same um attention that he gave like there's one or two people um like paul Britton, who he passed away there a few years ago but paul oh my god their relationship was phenomenal really oh That's yeah brilliant. and i mean you know fungi would stand up on his tail and reverse backwards for wow. selfies yeah. like how i mean paul got these selfies and it was yeah. like mad that the funky would go Woo! Yeah. um and there's another guy aiden and aiden would bring his boat out sailboat and i mean yeah. their relationship was phenomenal yeah um, so yeah but he had a relationship with people yeah it's mm. amazing I, I was I was lucky enough I, I, I paddled out a few times mm. when I was a bit younger on, on just surfboards and stuff and just would paddle around the bay and got to see him and that but uh, mm. I think what shocked a lot of people when they saw him for the first time was his sheer size he's massive oh, he's yeah. massive yeah he was massive he was really, really big. Yeah. People had yeah. this kind of image of it, just a small little dolphin. No. But no, he was—he he was, was a big—he was a big boy. And yeah. Do you know what I found fascinating is he would glide under you, or he would like a lot of times when I was swimming. Now he would jump, but he never ever made it awkward. Mm. It was always graceful. Yeah, yeah. And then he cut the water, and it was like even when he fell, it was graceful. Yeah. yeah um. Yeah. So, but he never came too close to us, or never, despite his size, there was never a sense that he was you know like too close it's yeah, always yeah. yeah they're amazing yeah, and I just love the shimmer and the way he would tilt his face yeah, yeah. he was a beautiful smile we, we had uh, Philip Fitzgibbon on there a couple of weeks ago yeah. and we're talking about the kind of local no, marine Philip, life yeah. um, have you noticed any change in the waters around here in the past kind of maybe five to ten years is, 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 is there less fish and out, out in the water and is there less wildlife around the place or have you noticed I would say no I would okay. say I would say the reverse um, oh great yeah I would say the reverse I remember when I was young um, we would have quite a lot of pollution in yeah. the, the piers and the seas out around so even out around Dingle Harbour yeah and then there was this fishing for litter campaign and I do know that a lot of the boats then would pick up the marine litter and take it to the pier okay and 
in the last probably 10, 15 years, probably 20 years now, I mean, you'd be very, you'd struggle really hard to swim into a plastic bag or anything, mm. which is wonderful because all the fishermen now bring their, bring whatever they get in their nets. That's they great. take it to the pier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've cleared tons out of the water. Yeah. So that's magnificent. Um, when you have sustained southerly winds, mm. say if you had like a few weeks or months of southerly winds, like look at the basket sharks and that yeah. came from, <laughs> but that came from the plankton. Yeah. yeah. Because we had a There's huge growth. volume of plankton. Yeah. Um, so no, I would say the reverse. If we have a lot of storms coming up from the yeah. south, then the the boats are fished. Yeah. 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 No, I I think the reason we are seeing so much more is because there's more boats out there. Like there's more people with drones. There's more people with cameras. You know. So yeah. I mean, who's to say what wasn't there before? But there's just such a market for you video. Yeah, see it now. Yeah. Yeah. Instant video. But there's a market. Yeah. yeah. People are interested. Yeah. You know, if you ask the same people twenty years ago if they saw a whale, they wouldn't really particularly be interested. Yeah. 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 Well, I have a horse that lives over in Burnham, uh, you know, Burnham Estate, the Clash Yeah, yeah. Uh, And when I bring him down onto the bay down over there. The, the amount of fish jumping is incredible. Yeah. And even once it's sunny, there's mullet and stuff just diving out of the yeah. water. And it's, I haven't seen that anywhere else except in Dingle. Yeah. Down here, it just seems yeah. to be a plentiful amount in, yeah. in, in the bay yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine, yeah. But I think, you know, look what I mean, they're always going to say there are times when not. Yeah. But I think the co- the condition of the water at the moment, the quality of the water is magnificent. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mm. think the, the the testament to the fact that the Baskin shark stayed as long as they did, yeah. with uh, they hoovered up all the plankton, which is good for us with jellyfish, mm. yeah. because the plankton would again attract the jellies. Yeah, yeah. so there's yeah. nothing for the jellies. Yeah, which is great because last, last year was a nightmare with jellies. Yeah, yeah, a nightmare. We had um, we had the kind of purple ones in the bloom. The bloom was starting. All the little baby purples were in ventry. Yeah, and then the northerly wind was sustained there for two weeks, so they went over to feed it. You can have them. You can have them. Yeah, so we're crystal clear back that end. What's your day job, if you don't mind me asking? Like what, what's I have... I can be whatever you want me to be, really. I'm okay. very, very talented. <laughs> this is not I an interview, have, but it's not for a job. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I have a small bed linen shop. Okay. But I also teach emergency first response. I work in schools. Um, I'm writing a book at the moment. Lovely. Um, and We're yeah. asking what the book is about, about your own <laughs> endeavours. It's about me. Yeah, of course. Of course yeah. it is. Well, yeah, it's called Call Me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, so that'll be out in the autumn. Oh, oh fantastic. That's great. Good. Yeah. Good. So, yeah, I, I do well, I do talks and stuff, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, is there a big demand for, like, for teaching, like, for, for courses and stuff, for, for sea swimming and for kind yeah. of stream swimming? No, I started teaching emergency first response in yeah. schools um, in 2004. Which is brilliant. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It should be. So, yeah. it is, yeah. And I predominantly work with teenagers because I think it is one of the best skill sets that anybody can yeah, have totally. and you know my passion is with younger people yeah um and then pre-covid actually had started doing uh cpr ad and kind of just working on making the call with six seven eight nine year olds oh right. that was so exciting in oh, schools yeah brilliant. it is and it's only just doing scene assessment and telling them like i suppose the words like open the airways how to make the call and i'm always saying that yeah. to parents like if you do anything just tell them how to make the call because even when we were young i remember having the phone numbers of the doctors up on the door mm. and being told how to make the call yeah, yeah so i mean i have a really big passion for all that area yeah. so i'd like to kind of continue in that area but yeah so I do kind of motivational speaking and stuff as well and I'd like to go back into that yeah um, after dinner talks and stuff um, pre-covid that kind of messed all that up yeah. but yeah Slow so I have a lot of down. dreams when I grow up <laughs> you grow up <laughs> you know, I have dreams will you ever stop doing extreme swimming or is it is it is something you'll see you do for the rest um, of your life 
do you know what i i was on a roller coaster for about 15 20 years yeah. and i probably started a lot of my extensive stuff in 2004 5 yeah and then suddenly you are moving on to the next thing yeah. and you know somebody say what's next what's next yeah, no. and you, it becomes <laughs> a strange <laughs> yeah and and suddenly you do you you have to feed the beast as well because yeah. you do have to and the hardest thing in the world is to stop mm. um and sometimes for me personally um we don't i certainly never really give myself credit for what i achieved yeah yeah and i think you know we have these little curveballs in our lives mm. And I got hit with a, a pretty heavy curveball a few years ago. And I kind of set myself back and I thought, you know what? I would like to leave my legacy in print. Yeah. And not necessarily for me, but, you know, I do believe that my nieces and nephews at that particular moment in time would have had their hands, their head buried in their hands. Yeah. Um, at their crazy aunt. Yeah. Right, so right. I would love to think, right, okay, so this is my legacy. Yeah, but it'd yeah. be great for them to be able to just... <laughs> read through that and again again if for anybody again i i, mm. I write a, a bit mm. um and i do it's i work with other people yeah but I, I work with a lot of people that do autobiographies as well um and it's just i remember i was working with, uh, with mary robinson dro- name dropping there just name dropping. he loves an old yeah, name drop just totally. uh, but i remember I, can beat you but i remember <laughs> just when i was working with her just at the point hearing her tell her life story and just kind of, this is something that in hundreds of years time, people will yeah. be reading this and they'll come back to it and they'll, my dog's still squealing in it's the background. Okay, okay. <laughs> but they'll, they'll be, it, it, it's something that, it's a moment in time. That's what your book, I'm sure, will be. Yeah. That people will, be, like in 20 years time, will read this back and go, oh my God, what, how well, did she I do that? Well, I just kind of find that, you know, sometimes how we remember something mm-hmm. and why we do it, they don't match. Yeah. And I think it's really important to go back to why yeah because that's who we are like why we do something and take it on and and the focus it takes and sacrifices and i think for me one of the biggest things is that you know i have a saying in my life and it's like the cost of any event is the amount of your life you exchange for it Mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't give ourselves credit because like i mean i sacrifice a huge amount to achieve what i've achieved but i at the same time, I'm not somebody who steps into the limelight because yeah. I'm not that person either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I kind of got to the phase that I thought, well, like, who's going to remember exactly. if I don't tell but them? But isn't it gas? Because you said at the start, like, Irish people are desperate for not giving people credit, but we're just as bad for not giving ourselves oh, credit. Nah. Totally. And I mean, yeah. for the achievements you've done, it's absolutely makes sense to have it down in writing and it, have it there as a record, no, you but know? It, it is, and I agree 100% with that. But the problem is that. And it is, if you build a mountain, you have to climb the mountain. Mm, so yeah. if you make the event huge, then it takes more to achieve it. Yeah. And then putting it back together can also be troublesome. But I always find it, it's it's more the story of how and why yeah. than, the, than what they did. That's what yeah. I've loved, yeah. yeah. The achievements are obviously like a massive, but it's the getting there. Oh. It's, it's, the, it's the hero's kind of oh. tale, that the hero's journey oh. to get Listen, to something. I, was al- I always thought I was fabulous, but I am now insufferable. <laughs> You know, um, and I think like being our biggest fan is the most important thing. And I've often said that to people, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I wouldn't be able for that. But the thing is, for me personally, like I think, you know, you look back at children and you think like we were all given the skill sets to be fabulous. Yeah. We just get lost. Yeah. 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 and not everything lines How up. How were you like, brought up? Were, were your parents always encouraging for that kind of stuff? Or like again, I'm, I'm always fascinated. But like, look, what makes somebody lucky. somebody? Yeah, we're very lucky. Like when we were young, I mean, we jumped off the Dingle Pier. Yeah. And nobody told anybody. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. and and if you think about it, like we we would 
we were very lucky that we were put on the back of every lorry. Like, we were given a medal just for standing up. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, we were, they were encouraging parents. Oh, yeah. But I mean, I think everybody was back then. Yeah. You know, and I think, I mean, risk assess my foot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, crazy, yeah. yeah. But it was different times. Yeah. Really yeah. Health and safety. Can we go back onto an extra, a topic that Fred kept bringing up? Do you oh, think yes, kids are yes. too mollycoddled and wrapped in cotton wool these days? Or oh, do you completely. Think it's but it's not, it's not that. I Like, we were only talking about the beach the other day. Like, there was, like, yesterday evening we were back in Ventry and there was this child and the baby was just the most amazing. It was running into the waves and crawling. And the wave was hitting the baby, and mm. the, like well able, that baby turned around to crawl out of the waves when yeah. the waves hit it. Yeah. That, okay, it took a few mouthfuls, but like <laughs> at no, the no same harm. time, yeah, no but, harm. Yeah, but the no parents harm. are there. But like for me, a rite of passage was being up scuttled in the waves yeah. Yeah. and wondering yeah. which way was up. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. So no, I don't believe. I believe we're very lucky that the risks are different mm. than when we were young. Um, things are kind. Of, they're a lot more complicated now. But I personally think that. I hate saying this now, but I'm going to say it. You know, boot camps have played a negative in a way because they have given a prototype to people to follow as opposed to being more aware of your own survival instincts. Yeah. Of course, yeah. They think that they have to fit into that particular yeah. way of survival when everyone yeah. has their own way of surviving. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like some people can do more, some people can do less. And a lot of times people rock up and they might be stifled by the group or yeah, yeah. they may not excel in the group and yeah. other people will come up in the group. So I do think... It works like, for some people, but like a lot yeah, of people... Yeah, exactly, yeah. And I just think, like, especially with children in particular, I think it's so important to allow them just to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and to allow them to fail sometimes yeah. as well. Yeah, oh, sure, failure is yeah, fabulous. So, yeah, you won't learn anything yeah. unless you fail. But I find as well, you know, there's this big thing now about, like, not giving out medals to children and not making children winners is this big thing. I think everyone, you know, I think I'd give everyone a medal. Mm. You know, like they're not that expensive. <laughs> I think medals are important. Yeah. Like you can get a trophy engraved for free. I've got loads of them. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but where, where, this is actually really interesting. Trophy world is really But is there value in that though? Which? Giving someone a medal for, for no reason. But I mean, they, they, they would have done something. There was a reason. I, I, like, no, but isn't this the thing now, in, in, particularly in the States now? If 10 kids are in a running race, yeah. everyone, everyone gets a medal. Participation medal kind of thing. Participation medal. But it is. It's all about, you see, it's all about looking good. Good job. Like, I mean, there are those people who will excel beyond. And they're like, I mean, they're children. Mm. Like, I mean, you know, I'll be honest. When we were swimming across the Bering Strait, I mean, I was talking about this not long ago. Like, we hit a patch of water just south of the two islands. And, like, everybody is aware, or should be aware, that when water runs around islands, it eddies, it goes around in circles and stuff like that. So, there was, like, we hit a, a stumbling block that we couldn't swim through this area because we were being pushed backwards and twisted and turned. Yeah. Now, we were very lucky when we were swimming up the West Coast. We couldn't get anywhere, but we were swimming for an hour and going backwards. You know, but we were still swimming for an hour and being pushed back. Yeah. Because it's the conditions. It's the same going up Mount Everest. Yeah. Like, you might go this far and it's a great achievement. But, like, we had some of the fastest swimmers in the world with us in cold water in extreme environments. And, you know, nine swimmers over one hour swam together, accumulatively, 150 meters. Wow. Now... There was a lot of those swimmers found it very difficult to accept yeah. that in their swim slot of 15 minutes, they achieved maybe 70 meters. Yeah. But guess what? It was progress. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. there were so many swimmers quite happy and willing to give up yeah. and say, well, we'll never make it. It's about perseverance rather than... But it's yeah. about understanding yeah. that 
you know what another moment and over six hours and then over nine hours we actually swam three and a half kilometers now if you have 27 swimmers one after another mm. and finally after six hours they achieve three kilometers i mean who would do it mm. but they did it and yeah. i mean that's progress yeah and if you don't instill into people that it's about effort that it's about the ability to contribute being part of a team you might be pushed backwards mm. but you have a skill set necessary so yeah for me a medal isn't awarding them a position or a glory it's i suppose validating their effort yeah yeah for doing so something yeah it's about participation yeah I mean, there are times, okay, but there are races where they might only be first, second and third, but not at that age. Yeah. You can't differentiate because people are born with a skill. I was never fast. I was just fabulous. <laughs> you know, and it is. And even an interesting thing, like we went over to Chicago to do triathlon. Yeah. And I remember going out there and I was never fast in triathlon, mm. but I always thought there was a great place for me in the sport. And... I was down in Kinsale in 2002 and I did the King of the Hill and I thought, okay, this is going to be really easy. But when I got there, there were all these like lean, mean fighting machines and I was in my togs going, okay, this is not what I thought. But they got into the water and I thought like, what happens here? And then the race director said like, it's a race and I just didn't understand that concept. What do you mean it's a race? So I came out and at the end of it, I finished last, but they were gone home. Like, there was only one other person there and the man waiting for his timing chip that was still on my ankle. <laughs> but there was my car, my bike, my friend and another man. And then yeah. the woman waiting for the equipment that I had. Yeah. And I thought, that's not how a race should be. No, they, should, they should have all been they should have. Che- che- cheering you yeah. on and come yeah. on. So my response was, I came home to Dingle and I set up my own events. Mm. And I started giving out uh, medals to the people who came last. Because right. I felt... The motto that I ran by is that it takes more people, more energy just to present than it takes for others to finish. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, some people can rock up because they are extreme athletes or they're fabulous. Yeah. And it takes them nothing to rock yeah. out an event. But to put on a wetsuit and to present at a start line where you're facing judgment, that takes courage. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So we have yeah. to look at all of that. So I went over to America and did my first triathlon. It was fine. But I noticed a group of athletes over there. Well, it was, was pointed out to me. They were Team Clydesdale and they're a weight athletic association. So it was noted to me that if I entered and it was noted by Barb Linquist, who was a world, uh, she was an Olympian at the time. And I was in my togs and nobody had the foresight to tell me to put on a t-shirt. So I was standing beside this Olympian and Barb Linquist, I said to me, how can I be faster? And she said, well, you got to lose the belly. And I said, I might lose Barb here in a second. Um, and it was like, it was an Olympic distant triathlon. So it was like, and I did it in three hours and 20 minutes. So it wasn't slow. But um, she said to me that I would break a record if I went into the Team Clydesdale. And I thought, well, well what's that? So, of course, I rocked on down and I found the big yellow tent and they were all big people. I thought, wow. And I looked up on the wall and it said that the world record in the uh, 180 pounds and over, yes, it's a weight athletic association, was three hours and 43. But I had just run three hours and 30 and I went, oh my God, I could break a world record. Yeah. Um, so I signed up and I came home and then we trained all through the winter. And uh, Marianne, my friend, is here and she came with me and... Like we trained to cycle and swim and run and we were doing all these things together and never once thought of the pain and all I think was like, I can break a world record. Yeah. So I'm back to Chicago and yeah, so I broke the world record. 
Um, and it was yeah I did but I mean it was so funny because there was another girl there she said I'm going to put your ass and I was like jeez I never thought of beating anybody I just thought I was going to be faster yeah Um, so it was fascinating but like still there was a guy there David Power who's a really good friend of mine uh, despite the you know the years we've we've gone through we're still very good friends and he was like two hours and he's a supreme athlete he does Mm. a single adventure race in two hours and 14 minutes like he's a supreme athlete but his medal says finisher mine said winner so yeah but I was yeah. like 45 minutes slower than him at the time <laughs> and he said to me I could do an 18 hole round of golf in that time and I said yes but what does your medal say finisher what does mine say winner, winner. <laughs> so you know everything no is relative yeah, yeah everything yeah, is relative absolutely. and I just think like if we're going to define success and failure um, I don't think we define it at that age I can see where you want to get into more motivational speaking because that does ring through for Mm. Everything. It's Except not just. Tony, you're going to go out now and swim to Maharese. No, I'm going to let's go. Let's Actually, well, I've had two pints now, so. Well, you swim faster. You swim yeah, faster after drink. Do I? Yes. I'm brilliant. Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming over to talk to us. It's great. Welcome. You're you're great. You're you are inspirational. I'm going to get out swimming. And it is. And my sister is sitting over there in the corner. She's going tomorrow now as well. <laughs> she doesn't <laughs> even know yet. Thank you very much for You're coming. very welcome. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. Lovely Thank to, you lovely very much. Lovely to have you now. And, uh, yeah. and cheers. Great. Cheers. cheers. Your, your, your friend, your Ishka, is it? Absolutely. Cheers. All us extreme athletes just drink water, Tony, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why rock, it says rock shore, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck, thanks. Yeah.